When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast contains difficult and real conversations on the topic of stress and anger. Listener discretion is advised, so please only listen if it feels safe for you. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Open Mind Self-Care Sessions with me, Frankie Bridge. Today's episode is focused specifically on dealing with stress. I'm joined by the founder of Welford Wellbeing, Rachel Welford. Welcome, Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Frankie. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, first of all, how did you end up working in this strange world of stress? Well, it's been a long journey. I started my career in action sports. So I used to okay. run big events, you know, sort of between te- my first event I ever ran was 10,000, I think 15,000 people and for BMX. So we used to build all the ramps and get all the riders over. Oh, it was wicked. just super, super fun, really high octane. Moved into kind of skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing. And that was my career for about 12 years until one fateful day in 2014, I had a very severe breakdown and literally felt like overnight my whole life changed. I went from this kind of happy go lucky, you know, live you know, live fun, like I live fast, you know, kind of lifestyle and work hard, play hard into just I can't leave my house. I'm having panic attacks, you know, multiple times a week. Um I was bedridden, I had to move in with my parents, I didn't work for a whole year. It was literally like my whole life imploded and from that point I just thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I got a diagnosis of um, depression and anxiety, which later um, came out as I also had PTSD from a big trauma that had happened. And I just thought, oh, my God, this I can't live my life like this. You know, this is awful. I don't I'm scared of my phone. I don't want to see my friends. I can't leave my house. I would have panic attacks just trying to leave my house you know and I thought I'm only in my 30s like Mm. I I can't live another 60 years like this so I went the traditional route as you know anyone listening may have had similar experiences of either burnout or a full breakdown of you know I, I was on multiple different types of medication speaking to my doctor I was lucky enough to get some therapy through my work and just started thinking you know there's many different things that we can do that we're not taught. And that's what I'm so passionate about now is sharing these tools and strategies that I've created that have literally, I can't tell you, completely revolutionised my life. I don't take medication anymore for anxiety or depression. Um, I'm not anti-medication. I think it can absolutely be part of a solution. And for some people, if it works, go for it, you know. But I feel like often it's a sticking plaster. And unless you actually can work on releasing the emotions that are trapped and stuck in your body you're always going to feel some level of anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what I'm passionate about now is I guess stopping people's emotions hijacking their lives so that they can just be (laughs) happier and healthier and just you know life's supposed to be fun you know it's an adventure yeah and it's there to be enjoyed isn't it exactly so yeah that's kind of how I got into it I guess was just through uh, this big 
awful breakdown that actually I think has turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. So what would you say then that stress is and why does it happen? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, the actual term stress was coined by, um, I I never know whether I pronounce his name right. So for anyone that knows, if I'm butchering his name, I (laughs) apologise. But it was a guy called Hans Sell and he was born in what was originally Hungary. And um, he said that stress is basically the response of the body to a non-specific event. So when he was talking about it, it could be, for example, if you were super, super hungry or if you were experiencing starvation, that would put stress on your body. For anyone that's ever done a really hefty workout, you know, when you get the DOMS, that's Mm. putting stress on your body because you're pushing yourself past your limit. For anybody that has, you know, unfortunately experienced somebody close to them dying you know, grief puts a huge amount of stress onto the body, doesn't it? But that's emotional stress. So it's quite interesting when we talk about stress because it's very non-specific and mm. it affects everybody completely differently. So if I said to you like, oh, Frankie, I'm really stressed, you might think, oh, yeah, I know what stress is because when I'm stressed, I go really quiet. I don't want to eat anything. I, you know, want to hide myself away from the world But what I might be meaning is I'm really erratic. I can't stop thinking. um, I want to just eat everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, me. (laughs) Me too, right? And so, but everybody experiences it differently, but we all know what it is. So it's quite an interesting topic, I think, because there's no one right answer. And I think often around stress, one of the things that I love to talk to people about and to express and, and hopefully make people understand is that your stress is your stress. And everybody has a different capacity for what they can cope with. And that capacity will change day to day. So let's say for one day you wake up, sunshine in, you're in a really good mood, um, you know, and you stub your toe or something, can you just sort of laugh about it? You're like, oh man, that really hurt. Oh my God, <laughs> you know, but then you just carry on with your day. But if you wake up and you've slept through your alarm, you, you wake up panicked, oh my God, I'm late. And you get out of bed and you're like, oh, and you're in that panic. And then you stub your toe. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to cope with that same oh, stress. Yeah, yeah. It's the same stress on the body, but suddenly it's, I knew this was going to happen. My day's ruined. <laughs> and it's the same with anything else so our capacity for stress is always fluctuating it will depend on what's happening in our lives it will depend on our current emotional availability it will depend on potentially nutrition it will depend on how much sleep we've had it will depend on how much extra support we have so you know some people have I'm very lucky I have an incredible support network around me amazing friends and family some people don't have that so they might not be able to cope as well as I am because I always know I've got someone's got my Mm. back somewhere you know whereas if you don't have that it's going to give you another layer so I think there can be a lot of shame around stress I think a lot of people feel I should be able to cope yeah, that came up quite a lot, actually. So I put out questions to listeners and mm. my followers on Instagram. And um, I was really surprised with the amount of people that replied. Yeah. And 
there, there seems to be this thing, and I think especially at the moment in the pandemic, of I shouldn't be stressed because someone has it worse than me or I live in a nice house and I have a nice husband, so I should be able to cope. I have, like you said, I have a good support network, so I should be fine. There's this there's this thing that you can't admit that you're struggling because someone has it worse. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to an extent, it's good to be grateful, right? It's really, mm-hmm. really, and that is one of the things that is an incredible tool for stress is to actually come into a space of gratitude and to realise and appreciate the the spaces where we do have privilege, for example. So, you know, okay, I might have financial privilege that somebody else doesn't have, or I might have, you know, other privileges that somebody else might not have, like a supportive husband or, Mm. you know, um, even skin colour, whatever it might be, right? There's so many different layers of, of privileges that we might have that other people don't have, but that doesn't mean that our stress is not important or our stress is not causing us harm in some way. And when I talk about harm, I don't want to freak anyone out. You know, people say, oh, God, I'm causing myself harm. But when we're stressed, we create certain chemicals. And in the body, these chemicals have uh, specific effects on different um, parts of our physiology or mental health, etc. And so, you know, any type of stress, any amount of stress that's prolonged and goes on for a long time can cause harm. And so the more things that we can do to um, bring a bit of calm about to our life um, can really help. And I think one of those things that helps is just accepting this is my stress. Mm -hmm. Yes, somebody else might have it worse than me. But right now, my body is telling me that I am stressed. What can I do about that to decrease my level of stress? Because blaming myself telling myself I shouldn't be feeling how I feel, thinking that it's stupid to feel the way that I feel, thinking that I'm ungrateful or something like that or unworthy of feeling the way I feel is only going to make it worse. That's Mm -hmm. not going to ever make it better. Nobody's ever shamed themselves into healing. (laughs) I've never (laughs) seen it. If someone has, please write in. I've just never Mm. seen it, (laughs) you know? So especially at the moment with everyone being, you know, stuck in their houses, stuck with loved ones or, you know, housemates or whatever, um, lots of people have said that they tend to take their stress out on those people closest to them. Why do we do that and how can we stop ourselves from doing that? I think firstly, we why we do it is because we think or, well, we know that people that genuinely really love us will put up with more than people that don't. Yeah. So if, you know, it's your partner or your child or your mother or whoever, they're more likely to go, well, this behaviour is out of character. I also get to experience them when they're not in this mood and mm. therefore I you know, give them a bit more leeway, if you like. I can be a bit more elastic with them. So we tend to do that more often. Secondly, often when we feel bad internally, what we want to do is dump that on somebody else so that we don't have to feel it. It's almost like we're going, here, you take it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other person's like, I don't want this, but okay. And so now they're holding all of the stuff that we didn't want to hold. Mm. Um, How do we stop doing it? is practice so again it's I have this thing called the Welford way which is a system that I created and it's three steps and it's a b c 
easy to remember. Awareness, get brave, choose. And so number one, what you need to do is bring awareness to it. Why am I so stressed out? And why am I taking it out on the people that I love? And all we need to realise there is hurt people hurt people. So if you're in pain and you're upset and you're angry or whatever it is that's happening for you, you're going to impart that onto other people. Very rare that you see someone who's very calm, very happy, very joyful, being mm-hmm. horrible to somebody. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't match. So how can I take my power back? Often with stress and from what you've just exper- uh, explained, it sounds like most people it's a, an anger thing, like where we snap and we're kind of mm. like, ah, I, I can't cope anymore. I've got to the end. That's always a boundary. Okay. So what, what boundary is being crossed? What's okay. in your way? Anger is always just a boundary or what's in your way. So maybe it's that what we need to do is to realise, okay, I need to communicate with the family. Mummy's really tired today. Mummy didn't sleep very well last night. Or daddy. Sorry, daddy's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or partner, whatever. I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm really, really tired. My fuse is going to be short today. Could you help me with X, Y, Z to take some of the pressure off me? Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time we don't want to admit those things, especially to your kids. You're like, I've got this. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from sometimes, especially at the moment, people are having to be teachers, parents, you know, house cleaners. Absolutely. Whatever their job is, you know, everyone's having to wear so many hats and we do that thing, don't we, where we're like, I'm fine, I've got it, I can do it all. And actually, you can't always, and there's no shame in that. No, absolutely, always ask for help, always, communication is key. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way that we feel is, is you know, unique to us, and if we don't explain that to somebody else, they're never going to know how we're feeling. So I think, yeah, always asking for help. I think definitely using some kind of breathing technique. It's one of the most powerful things you can use for, for stress, and it's mm-hmm. free. So something as simple as uh, box breathing is a really good tool and you literally just count for four as you breathe in, hold your breath in your body for another count of four, breathe out for a count of four, hold for a count of four. Within two to three minutes, that will literally change the physiology of your body. So it's, you know, even if it's you, you're like, I'm not coping and you need to go, right, I'm going to lock myself in the toilet for a minute and just breathe for three minutes. I'm just going to put yeah. a timer on my phone. No one needs to know that you're doing it. It will literally change your physiology. And once we change the body, then we can start to change the behaviour and and everything else. But all the time we're still stuck in that feeling Mm. of stress or worry or anxiety or fear, our behaviour won't change. And what about with regards to sleep then? Because I was shocked at how many people are really struggling to sleep right now because they're so stressed. So sleep is a massive one. And I think especially at the moment because we're all trapped in our houses we haven't you know maybe we're not getting as much exercise maybe we're not having the same routine that we normally do maybe we don't want to go to work tomorrow so if we just stay up a bit later watching Netflix or whatever then hopefully tomorrow won't come but Mm. it's coming (laughs) now I've got less sleep um you know I just think it's really around again around boundaries and sleep hygiene so we just need to start to put those boundaries in place and say right okay I know that I need x amount of sleep so that means I have to be in bed by 10 10 30 whatever 11 whatever your your time is so what do I need to do before that and it's just about starting to implement some habits that we know are going to going to help us. So, again, around this kind of bringing awareness to what is the problem? I'm not sleeping. OK, so what kinds of things could help with that? 
is it that severe that I need to speak to my doctor potentially or is it less severe and I could look at things like lavender pillow mist or having a nice warm bath like trying to reduce my stress levels so that I can sleep um simple things like rolling lavender oil on the bottoms of your feet can really help um you know if your partner snores or whatever seeing if you can sort that out (laughs) I don't know you know I've I've got a good technique for that you just shove them over onto their side or say (laughs) roll over really loud (laughs) Um, so again it's just about empowering ourselves right Mm. bring awareness to the problem I'm not sleeping what kind of boundaries do we need to put in place what kind of responsibility do we need to take for ourselves what kind of acceptance needs to be there what kind of you know um, energy stuff can we do so you know calming ourselves down before Mm. we go to bed not looking at our phone for an hour or two before bed plugging our phone in across the room so that when we wake up in the morning we're not straight away looking at the news or whatever which will straight away make us go oh my god I'm really stressed out or an email that comes in so it's just again about and not trying to implement all of these things at once what I always recommend to people just do one thing do it well and then add another thing yeah it's interesting what you said about, you know, like kind of avoiding going to sleep to avoid the next day. Um, a lot of people said about procrastination being a big thing um, at the moment. And I know that all too well. I'm trying to write a book. Cannot do it. But it's that <laughs> thing of like you're stressing about this thing. Yeah. But then you're procrastinating. So then you're stressing that you're not doing it. Yeah. And it's like this vicious cycle, like it's hanging over you. And so many people have said the same thing. How do you break that cycle? So procrastination is basically an exhibited behaviour of fear. So you're either fearful of failure, so you don't want to do it in case you're going to fail, or potentially fearful of success. What happens if I do this and it's really great and then what? you know that doesn't maybe that doesn't fit my story that I'm not good enough or I don't Mm. deserve it you know so it's it's interesting again when you come back to this kind of emotional thing um procrastination is just fear and so generally what happens when we're in in fear and stress will always be one of three things fight flight or freeze generally with procrastination it's the freeze response we don't want to look at the thing we're doing we just want the world to swallow us up and disappear And so the best thing you can do when you're in freeze stress response is to make yourself feel safe because the freeze stress response, if you like, is a bit like the rabbit in the headlights. You just I'm just going to hold my breath, hold my breath and pray (laughs) and hope that things get better. That's the freeze response. So what your body's actually asking you to do in that moment is it's asking you to find protection to feel safe so something that you could do is maybe if you're working on your laptop shut your laptop so then you've taken the fear thing away step back from the laptop maybe make yourself a cup of tea or something a warming drink that's going to make you feel a bit you know like you're looking after yourself Mm. what I do when I because I get I'm a chief procrastinator in my business what I do I have a weighted blanket and when I'm procrastinating really badly on something I'll get in bed because I feel safe in bed. I make myself a hot drink. I get in bed. I put my weighted blanket around me and I just sit there and I breathe for about five minutes. And then I bring my laptop and I work from bed for a bit. And I'd never recommend working from bed because I think it's a really unhealthy habit. <laughs> but in in that procrastination space, for me, bed is where I feel safe. Right. So that makes me feel safe. So then my body, my physiology will calm. And once I'm calm, I can then focus. 
So it makes it much easier for you. When when you're stressed, your brain physically cuts about 95% of access to certain areas of your brain. Wow. So you, you physically can't be creative. You physically can't be logical okay. <laughs> when you're stressed out. But that so, makes you feel better to hear that as like... It's you not know, your professional. fault. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I'm not just useless or I'm <laughs> not lazy not. or, you know, you're not all those things that you convince yourself you are. Definitely okay. not. And I think with procrastination as well, a really good tool is the rule of three. So um, often if you're anything like me, never come and look at my laptop, please. I have about 170 tabs open. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> um, but what I do now is I have one window with all my tabs open because it gives me anxiety to shut them. And then I pull out no more than three tabs of what I'm working on. And I have a separate window with just three tabs. And then I work on those three tabs. So it might be my email, for example, and like, I don't know, an invoice system or whatever. And then when I've done that task, I put those tabs back into the big window Mm -hmm. and pull out the next ones that I need for the next task. And the same with your to-do list. Only ever put three things on it. The brain copes really well with three. So just pick the three most important, urgent things that you need for that day. Write them on a piece of paper in the night before when you've got your new bedtime routine. <laughs> You're going to get a good night's sleep. And then in the morning, you know exactly what you have to do, just these yeah. three things. And then I suppose you don't feel overwhelmed. And then when you do, you're more likely to achieve them. So then you're going to feel more positive, like you've achieved something that day. And then you'll be more likely to go, oh, OK, I'll do the other stuff. Absolutely. And you don't always feel like you're fail- failing. Because I think when you keep procrastinating, you don't get anything done. You're just in that constant cycle of, oh, I can't do anything. I've got nothing done. Yeah. I've still not done it. You know, and it just piles up. Absolutely. And then, the, you know, again, that's just feeding those stories that you have. I'm not good enough. I, I don't deserve this. I knew that I would fail. Mm. You know, whatever those negative stories are. So it's just, again, about like trying to build ourselves up. So even with sleep, with procrastination, just telling yourself, like with the book, if you told yourself every day, I'm an incredible author, this book is so easy for me to write, the words pour out of me, you'll be much easier to write than you going, I know I wouldn't be able to write this, oh my God, no one's going to want to read this book. (laughs) And it's the same with sleep. The problem is we don't sleep. So then we tell ourselves, oh my God, I haven't slept for three nights. I'm not, you know, I'm really bad at sleeping. And what the, the brain is so obedient. It goes, okay, let's be bad at sleeping okay let's Mm. not write the book right whereas if we go I'm really good at sleeping I'm gonna have the best night's sleep I'm gonna wake up in the morning feeling super rested and then we're way more likely to have a good night's sleep okay that's interesting how about (laughs) with how about with stress of it being like a physical reaction because those are people said you know they get headaches stomach aches you know physical pains like I know I get stress headaches, I get really tight shoulders and it goes really tight in my neck and then I just, you know, sometimes I'll have headaches daily. How do people then, you know, manage that rather than just popping a Nurofen every day? Well, there's, again, a few different ways. So it's if you can recognise the type of stress you're in, so it's going to be fight, flight or freeze. If you're in fight, stress mode, you're going to notice certain characteristics of that. You're going to want to be bigger than your opponent, in inverted commas, whether that's your email or your partner or your child, right? You're going to probably use language that is quite oppressive to the other person. You're going to find that your jaw is really tight because our primitive thing would be to bite, I know it sounds really awful. No, I do that. that way. I clench my jaw at night. Right. And this is a, a fight response. And then you might notice that your arms feel a bit heavy or you're making fists and you don't realise that you're making fists. 
This is basically the fight response in the body. And what it's doing is it's preparing you to physically fight somebody. You're going to fight your way out of it. So if you're in that kind of response, um, generally it's linked to the core emotion of anger or disgust. And so what you want to do is to process that emotion. So a really healthy way of getting out of fight mode is to literally punch the hell out of something soft (laughs) that is not (laughs) going to hurt you, right? So pile up your cushions on your bed, you know, um, and just literally pummel, just be like, ah, (laughs) for a couple of minutes. It sounds crazy when you say it, but it's really like it really works because you're allowing the body to do what it thinks it wants to do. Yeah. And then one, and you'll get exhausted after about 30 seconds if you're unfit like me. So it doesn't take very long. <laughs> um, if you're in if you're in fight, uh, flight, sorry, what, what's happening is you want to run away. And that can show up as um, fidgeting. So you might be fiddling with a pen. Your foot might be wiggling. I used to get that all the time in the office. And you're probably looking at a door or a window because what you're doing is you're planning your escape route. This is what your body's physically doing. It's like run away, run away but obviously when we're at work or we're trying to get something done we can't physically run away so a good tool for that is to run (laughs) if you can even on the spot right sounds crazy we're all at home whatever if you have the opportunity to just go for a run or go and do 10 star jumps or go to the gym all the better but if you're at home just jog on the spot for like literally one minute And that will make your body think that you've ran away from whatever the problem is. And then it will start to calm down. And again, if you're in freeze, what you're looking for is safety, which we already covered. So Mm -hmm. it's just starting to tune into what's my body trying to tell me? What does it want me to do? You know, and basic things like just taking regular breaks. You know, if you've been staring at your laptop for four hours, you're going to be stressed. Mm. Set a timer, get up every 30 minutes stand up shake your, you know just literally shake your body out give it a little wiggle and sit back down it's really basic things like that that can just help you shift the stress throughout the day so it doesn't build up and start to create this pain in the body okay thank you and I, we've kind of covered pretty much how to deal with your own stress but how do you deal with someone else's stress so a lot of people have said that mainly I have to say husbands you know if their Mm. husbands are stressed you know we all know men find it harder to kind of speak about their emotions and how they're feeling but as a general rule how do you as a friend or as a partner help someone if you know that they're stressed firstly I think you know giving them some space to communicate so you know if you notice that they're if you if you know someone well, right, you're going to know what, what level are they on? Are they on a zero stress or are they on like an eight or a nine and they're going to blow their top soon, right? Mm. <laughs> and so maybe just like having a strategy between you that you've made while you were calm <laughs> that so that you can communicate when you can go, you know, babe, I think you need a break. Mm. Or without them then going, don't tell me I need a break because you've already made this, you've, yeah. you've decided this when you were calm. So it makes it much easier for them to accept that communication from from you. Secondly, I think realising that it's never about you. So often when someone is, you know, putting their stress on us, we think, oh, my God, it's something I did. This is my fault. This is my problem. It's never about you. It's about them. Yeah. So when you can start to create that differentiation between this is their stress, not mine. So I can hold space for that stress and be like, whoa, you're in a bad mood, but I don't have to go down to your level. Mm-hmm. I can I can stay in my high vibe. I can stay in my calm space and I can just watch you do your thing <laughs> and be like, OK, you know, and just allow them the space to do that. They're in their feelings right now. You don't yeah. have to go into those same feelings. 
I think that's probably the two most powerful things, really. It's just realizing their stress is their stress. It's not yours. Yeah. You don't have. You don't have to match their. Emotion. You don't have to take it on. And yeah. Then you, become it. Exactly. So, what would your top three tips be then for our listeners for dealing with stress in general? Definitely look at your kind of behavior so you know again this is like the awareness piece so looking at how am I currently dealing with my stress if it's using things like alcohol cigarettes shopping food etc they may feel good in the moment but the likelihood of that being helpful long term is really really slim secondly this is the brave element so you know generally around stress there's some kind of boundary issue Often, especially women, we find it very difficult to not be servient to people. Um, We tend to be people pleasers much more than men. And so we don't like to say no or we don't like to say because often, you know, there's stories around you being like an ice queen or, you know, whatever the, the story is. Right. And so it's really important that we learn what our limits are and to be able to communicate that. It's not somebody else's responsibility. So if we need help, we need to ask for help. If we, um, you know, maybe we need extra support in terms of actual therapy. Maybe there's trauma that we're we're dealing with that's stuck in the body. You know, it's really about getting brave. You're going to have to, in order to get a different result, you're going to have to do something different. (laughs) And that can feel really uncomfortable. And then the third part is choice and compassion. So be kind to yourself. You're already stressed out, right? So the last thing you need is to start telling yourself, I don't deserve this stress or I shouldn't be feeling this way. I'm a loser. I, I can't cope. I'm rubbish, whatever. No, that language stops absolutely right now today. We just say to ourselves, I love myself even when I'm angry. I love myself even when I'm stressed out. And we start to just make better choices. Okay. And then just you. be nice to yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, easier said than done, thing. isn't it? It um, is, but it's just practice. And where can our listeners go if they want to find out more or to seek out any help? So um, if you want to find out more about me, you can check out my website. It's Welford Wellbeing, which is W E L. F-O-R-D, wellbeing. My website is .com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Welford Wellbeing. And I also have a podcast called Things I Wish I'd Known. So you can check that out if you like podcasts as well. And I guess in terms of other help, um, there's loads of tools out there. If you are low income, things like that, because when I first started this work, I couldn't afford therapy. The NHS does have some incredible resources. There are lots of um, therapies that you can get for free. The wait lists tend to be a bit long. So the quicker that you can get on that wait list, the quicker you can, you, yeah. you know, you're going to get the help. And I know there's an incredible charity that I support called Black Minds Matter. So if there's any um, black people listening, they provide free therapy for people of colour. There's also incredible charities like that. Mind is a cred- incredible charity. Um, the Samaritans, you can call them for free. You know, so there's loads of options. All the time. <laughs> so there's, you know, loads of things that you can do to empower yourself. But the most important thing is that you just start to like mm. and love yourself. That is the most important thing. 
thank you so much. I found it so interesting. You clearly know your stuff and you've definitely done your research. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> I know, I love it though. Um, Total geek. You know, you're kind of an inspiration for people. You've managed to help yourself. I know you've had help, but by doing that research and, you know, taking the time to understand yourself and how the mind and how your body works, you have kind of taught yourself on how to deal with things. So thank you for sharing it with our listeners and I, I hope that it helped you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Open Mind Self-Care Sessions. I hope this has been really helpful to you. If you've been affected by this episode or would like to find out more information regarding mental health, please head over to mind.org.uk. If you have any questions which you would like to get answered, please follow me on Instagram and look out for my stories where I collect all of your fantastic thoughts for each episode. So that's all from me for now. So look after yourself. <laughs>